Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you interviews with talent and creatives from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they are changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get to talking. So today's guest is an expert on all things fashion as the editor-at-large of a magazine curated by, as well as an actor in the series Meteor Garden, Tomorrow Will Be Fine, in the latest chapter of the Bling Empire franchise on Netflix, Bling Empire in New York. Please welcome to the show, Blake Abbey. Blake, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, so before we dive into the show, uh, which I did get to binge before it's released, so I'm all Great. caught up. I, I, have have not, <laughs> I have not seen it yet, so you definitely know a lot more than I do, but I, I hope you enjoyed it. I absolutely did. I was... Um, I, I'm just loving how much um, increased representation there is in the reality TV space, um, yeah. especially for the Asian community. Um, similarly, for the uh, Latino community um, and for, for, you know, for us, um, there is not a lot of um, participation on our side, sadly. So, But it is always right. great. But there is a Latino on the show. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we've got our, our space there. Um, but before we dive into the show, um, how did your participation in the show come about because i know that you've sort of um been all over you were in um you're canadian born you were in london for a while and now in new york so um how were you approached did you have to pitch yourself to be on the show how did all that come about uh yeah so i was i mean i live between new york i'm from vancouver so i go home quite often i was in beijing as well um but i was approached by tina actually so Tina is a, a good friend of mine. She was approached by production and she's a friend of Dorothy's who was also on the show. So Tina was approached um, and she asked me, um, I guess nearly two years ago, um, whether I'd be open to having a conversation and like any good, you know, journalist really, <laughs> you'd be like, sure. Yeah. I'm always down to like talk. Cause you know, who knows? It can turn into a story. It can turn into an experience. I'm like, sure. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had a conversation with uh, one of the production assistants at that time. Um, she got up and she, you know, worked her way up the ladder, but she was, she was working as an assistant at that time. And um, then had a call, call with casting a few weeks later. And um, I didn't hear anything from, from JJP, Jeff Jenkins Productions, who, the, who are the people behind the show. Um, yeah, we didn't, they didn't get in touch with me for a few months. And then surprisingly one day at the end of august i think in 20 would have been 2021 um they were like hey congratulations netflix likes you we would love if we would love it if you would be wanting to be on the show you know i feel like it's always such a long process uh especially when you're sort of getting in at the beginning of a project Mm -hmm. like this whether it's reality tv or even if it's something you know these like multi-million dollar movie franchises like marvel it's like conversations start years in advance um totally and you know the the first episode they do mention the lunar new year and that's around the corner now so that's how two days long away ago, yeah how long ago did yeah. you all film the the first season we we filmed a year ago so we started gotcha. filming a year ago so um yeah lunar new year i guess is as you say it's on the first episode i don't know yet um it's it's a nice way to kick off what is like an asian an asian-led show so um we filmed though from january until end of april of last year with a couple breaks here and there but um yeah it was it was pretty intense and having um you're as a classically trained um 
you went to school for music initially. Is that yeah, I, I've done so many different things. I <laughs> studied voice performance. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah, a classically trained singer. So I was singing like Bach and Handel and Mozart. Yeah. Um, very kind of very different worlds to fashion, to writing even. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we're in the same boat. I went to, I have a degree in theater and I ended up a journalist oh, yeah. and podcaster. So we're very much. Yeah, but, but what I would say is that like, what is what is like the kind of like the fil rouge out of all of it the same kind of like red line i guess we'd say is that they're all forms of storytelling mm-hmm. you know we're always interpreting editing someone's story our own or someone else's and so that's at least how i like to approach everything that i do and being from such a varied background um this feels a bit the most out of the box where you're sort of where you're front and center rather than you interviewing someone or editing someone else's work now you're being edited and it's unscripted as well so it's different from acting so what would you say was like the biggest lesson you learned while on like empire new york i i guess i started you know i started filming the show with a little bit of reticence you know someone I, I come from a background that is very controlled, I'll say, you know. Um, of course, I enjoyed walk, watching reality shows, but I did have a certain perception of what they could be. And I just was afraid of, like, getting in the drama and getting mixed up in other people's problems. Um, I think what was really important for me to remember kind of throughout the process, though, was trying to be as authentic as I was. Mm. I was trying to be as authentic to myself as I could be. Because without being authentic, I think you can kind of guise that I'm faking something. You know what I mean? So mm. I really try to lay it out as honestly as possible. I think that's really important. I think that's actually, you know, it's a good thing as a Scorpio. You know, I keep a lot of things like very close to my heart. I'm pretty private generally. I think that's actually something that I'm trying to get better at with my friends, even just like open myself up. So, mm. yeah, it's, yeah. And with the series, uh, what do you hope that audiences take away as they watch through the season? I mean, I really hope that people can understand um, the cultural nuances of the, our lives. Um, I hope people recognize also that New York is an amazing city to be in and we're extremely privileged to be here. Um, you know, there are certain criticisms uh, about the show and how it portrays rich people. And I think that my presence in particular on the show, while I am like a upper middle class person, I don't come from a family of billionaires and I don't come from like, uh, like a background, uh, like I'm not an heiress to anything. Yes, my family historically was quite an influential family, but you know, wars happen and, and things get torn apart. And so Um, You know, I didn't grow up going to luxury resorts every two weeks, you know, as a kid. And so I think that it's important for me to just, yeah, be a little bit more real. Um, And while, yeah, like I maybe have a little bit higher an income than other people, like I, um, I take the subway. You know, I, you know, New York, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I take the subway, I walk, you know, and I'm also Chinese and Scottish. Like I want to, I save money, like. I want to, <laughs> I'm frugal. So yeah, I hope, you know, I hope that's one thing. And um, I think that it just gives kind of more nuance to like the Asian American experience. Mm. That's what I hope. I don't know. Let's, let's see what the edit show. <laughs> I think it certainly does. I mean, as I said, I did get to watch uh, in advance. I do think that that definitely comes across um, that it's not just like, look at us and our flaunting our wealth. There's so much more underneath 
that people have to wait and see because you know of course if you watch a clip or a trailer of of any reality show there's a certain perception that you automatically put onto these people but then totally once you get into the story and the you know and as you said the edit with reality tv the edit does sort of it moves the the narrative uh, and jogs totally. it along in such a great way in this case yeah um yeah and, oh and, good i'm glad <laughs> I would say, like, I would say, sorry to interrupt. I mean, just generally, if we're going to compare the two shows, like, um, in LA, people like to be flashy. People like to, mm. you know, show off, show their nice cars and their jewelry. And, like, I don't think we do that necessarily in the same way in New York, no matter how much money you have or how little you have. And so um, it's less about monetary and material, uh, monetary value and materialistic things. And yeah. the, given the name of our show being uh, Multicultural TV Talk, we do always like to touch on um, sort of like personal uh, representation. Yeah. So what can you recall as an early memory of a performance or um, a film or a TV show that made you feel represented for the first time hmm. when you were growing up? Yeah, I think I was really lucky as a kid um, growing up in Canada. And I, I, I recognize a lot of people don't have this experience, but um canada at one point for better or for worse was really trying to push multicultural representation on television so i mean i grew up with like asian broadcasters i grew up with like you know kristen crook was uh, she's a mixed race woman yeah. um beautiful mixed race woman and she was on this show called, called edgemont which was like um remember you remember that okay yeah. so it's like it was kind of a, a degrassi uh, adjacent kind of show um, and so it was really amazing to see her. And then she went on to, to be in small, like, you know, Smallville and like do these, all these amazing things. And so she was really inspiring because she was, she was Canadian as well as being mixed race. Um, but yeah, like also like growing up and watching um, different films, like Wong Kar Wai films, like I, I really did feel kind of um, culturally associated and, and to, to kind of, yeah, his films, I guess which maybe you didn't necessarily explicitly get it in Western media. And I hope that like shows like Bling were able to really show kind of like cultural moments, which, yeah. And uh, looking back, if you had the sort of um, back to the future moment and you ran into little 13 year old Blake and you got to give them one piece of advice, what would you say? Just trust in yourself. Just believe in yourself. I think that's really it, you know? Um, yeah, I was, I was a precocious kid. Um, yeah, just be you. Just continue doing what you're doing. I was, I'm, I was really curious. I was, I'm still really curious and nosy. And um, I guess I've, I've never really struggled though with like who I was. I was just able to, which I was really lucky for. I'm able just to kind of like be this weird, nerdy, <laughs> chubby at that point kid. Kind of like awkwardly trying to find a space like as you know going through puberty and everything awesome well blake thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us uh, if anyone wants to find you on instagram social media where can they find you uh you can find me at at blake abby pretty simple yeah awesome. thank you so much for having me it's been really great and i i can't wait to watch the show i'm super glad that you enjoyed it <laughs> Of course, and uh, folks, as always, you can find us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. And don't miss Bling Empire New York, streaming now on Netflix. I'm Juan Ayala. This is Multicultural TV Talk. Thanks for joining us.